Good morning and welcome to Tea Fairy Storytime Podcast. I am glad that you were able to join us today. We will be reading more of Aesop's fables. Um, As I mentioned in the previous podcast, I do have a new chapter book that arrived, but until I have done a Facebook Live event sharing the first chapter, I will not be doing it here on the podcast. So, um, I should be scheduling that within the next day or two, and then I will have an actual date for when we will begin that chapter book, and who it's by, and what the title is, and all that good stuff. For now, today, we're going to start with Aesop's Fables, and the first one is called The Milkmaid and Her Pail. A farmer's daughter had been out to milk the cows and was returning to the dairy, carrying her pail of milk upon her head. As she walked along, she fell amusing after this fashion. The milk in this pail will provide me with cream, which I will make into butter and take to market to sell. With the money, I will buy a number of eggs, and these, when hatched, will produce chickens. And by and by, I shall have quite a large poultry yard. Then I shall sell some of my fowls. And with the money which they will bring in, I will buy myself a new gown, which I shall wear when I go to the fair. And all the young fellows will admire it and come and make love to me, saying, Oh, girl, but I shall toss my head and have nothing to say to them. Forgetting all about the pale and suiting the actions to the word, she tossed her head. Down went the pail. All the milk was spilled and all her fine castles in the air vanished in a moment. Do not count your chickens before they are hatched. The Dolphin, the Whales, and the Sprat The dolphins quarreled with the whales and before very long they began fighting with one another. The battle was very fierce and had lasted some time without any sign of coming to an end. When a Sprat thought that perhaps he could stop it, so he stepped in and tried to persuade them to give up fighting and make friends. But one of the dolphins said to him contemptuously, We would rather go on fighting till we're all killed than be reconciled by a sprat like you. The Fox and the Monkey A fox and a monkey were on the road together and fell into a dispute as to which of the two was the better born. They kept it up for some time till they came to a place where the road passed through a cemetery full of monuments. When the monkey stopped and looked about him and gave a great sigh. Why do you sigh? said the fox. The monkey pointed to the tombs and replied, All the monuments that you see here were put up in honor of my forefathers, who in their day were eminent men. The fox was speechless for a moment, but quickly recovered. He said, Oh, don't stop at any lie, sir. You're quite safe. I'm not sure of your ancestry will rise up and expose you. Boasters brag, but most when they cannot be detected. The Ass and the Lapdog There once was a man who had an ass and a lapdog. The ass was housed in the stable with plenty of oats and hay to eat and was as well off as any ass could be. The little dog was made a great pet of by his master, who fondled him and often let him lie in his lap, and if he went out to dinner he would bring back a tidbit or two to give to him when he ran to meet him in his 
on his return. The ass had, it is true, a good deal of work to do, carting or grinding the corn or carrying the burdens of the farm, and ere long he became very jealous, contrasting his own life of labor with the ease and idleness of the lapdog. At last, one day, he broke his halter and frisking into the house just as his master sat down to dinner. He pranced and capered about, mimicking the frolics of the little favorites, upsetting the table and smashing the crockery with his clumsy efforts. Not content with that, or not content with that, he even tried to jump on his master's lap, as he had so often seen the dog allowed to do. At that, the servants, seeing the danger their master was in, belabored the silly ass with sticks and cudgels and drove him back to his stable. Alas, he cried, all this I have brought on myself. Why could I not be satisfied with my natural and honorable position without wishing to intimidate the ridiculous antics of that useless little lapdog? And I think it's imitate, not intimidate. Sorry. The fir tree and the bramble. A fir tree was boasting to a bramble and said, somewhat contemptuously, You poor creature, you are of no use whatsoever. Now look at me, I am useful for all sorts of things, particularly when men build houses. They can't do without me then. But the brambles replied, Ah, that's all very well, but you wait till they come with axes and saws to cut you down, and then you'll wish you were a bramble and not a fir. Better poverty without a care than wealth with its many obligations. The Frog's Complaint Against the Sun Once upon a time the sun was about to take himself a wife. The frogs, in terror, all raised their voices to the skies, and Jupiter, disturbed by the noise, asked them what they were croaking about. They replied, The sun is bad enough even while he is single, drying up our marshes with his heat as he does. But what will become of us if he marries and begets other sons? The Dog, the Cock, and the Fox A dog and a cock became great friends and agreed to travel together. At nightfall, the cock flew up into the branches of a tree to roost, while the dog curled himself up inside of the trunk, which was hollow. At break of day, the cock woke up and crew, ah, 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 as usual. The fox heard and whisked wishing to make a break breakfast of him came and stood under the tree and begged him to come down i should so like said he to make the acquaintance of one who has such a beautiful voice the cock replied would you just wake my porter who sleeps at the foot of the trees he'll open the door and let you in the fox accordingly rapped on the trunk when out rushed the dog and tore him to pieces the gnat and the bull. The gnat alighted on one of the horns of a bull and remained sitting there for a considerable time. When it had rested sufficiently and was about to fly away, it said to the bull, Do you mind if I go now? The bull merely raised his eyes and remarked without interest, It's all one to me. I didn't notice when you came and I shan't know when you go away. We may often be of more consequence in our own eyes than in the eyes of our neighbors. The Bear and the Travelers Two travelers were on the road together when a bear suddenly appeared on the scene. 
Before he observed them, one made for a tree at the side of the road and climbed up into the branches and hid there. The other was not so nimble as his companion, and, as he could not escape, he threw himself on the ground and pretended to be dead. The bear came up and sniffed all around him, but he kept perfectly still and held his breath, for they say that a bear will not touch a dead body. The bear took him for a corpse and went away. When the coast was clear, the traveler in the tree came down and asked the other what it was the bear had whispered to him when he put his mouth to his ear. The other replied, he told me he never again, he told me never again to travel with a friend who deserts you at the first sign of danger. Misfortune tests the sincerity of friendship. The Slave and the Lion A slave ran away from his master, by whom he had been mostly cruel, cruelly treated, and in order to avoid capture, betook himself into the desert. As he wandered about in search of food and shelter, he came to a cave, which he entered and found to be unoccupied. Really, however, it was a lion's den and almost immediately to the horror of the wretched fugitive, the lion himself appeared. The man gave himself up for lost, but to his utter astonishment, the lion, instead of springing upon him and devouring him, came and fawned upon him at the same time, whining and lifting up his paw. Observing it to be much swollen and inflamed, he examined it and found a large thorn embedded in the ball of the foot. He accordingly removed it and dressed the wound as well as he could and in course of time it healed up completely. The lion's gratitude was unbounded. He looked upon the man as his friend and they shared the cave for some time together. A day came, however, when the slave began to long for the society of his fellow men and he bade farewell to the lion and returned to town. Here he was presently recognized and carried off in chains to his former master who resolved to make an example of him and ordered that he should be thrown to the beasts at the next public spectacle in the theater. On the final day, the beasts were loosened into the arena, and amongst the rest of rest, a lion of huge bulk and ferocious aspect. And when the wretched slave was cast in among them, what was the amazement of the spectators when the lion, after one glance, bounded up to him and lay down at his feet with every expression of affection and delight? It was his old friend of the cave. The audience clambered that the slave's life should be spared, and the governor of the town, marveling at such gratitude and fidelity in a beast, decreed that both should receive their liberty. The Flea and the Man A flea bit a man and bit him again and again till he could stand it no longer, but made a thorough search of it and at last succeeded in catching it. Holding it between his fingers and thumb, he said, or rather shouted, so angrily was he, who are you, pray you wretched little creature, that you make so free from with my person? The flea, terrified, whimpered in a weak little voice. Oh, sir, pray let me go. Don't kill me. I am such a little thing that I can't do so much harm. But the man laughed and said, I'm going to kill you now at once. Whatever is bad has got to be destroyed, no matter how slight the harm it does. Do not waste your pity on a scamp. The Bee and Jupiter a queen bee from Hymetus flew up to Olympus with some fresh honey from the hive as a present to Jupiter, who was so pleased with the gift that he promised to give her anything she liked to ask for. She said she would be very grateful if he would give stings to the bees so people so, to kill people who robbed them of their honey. 
Jupiter was greatly displeased with this request, for he loved mankind, but he had given his word, so he said that stings they should have. The stings he gave them, however, were of such a kind that whenever a bee stings a man, the sting is left in the wound and the bee dies. Evil wishes, like fowls, come home to roost. And that is the end of our Aesop's Fables for the day. Tomorrow we will read some more. We will begin with the oak and the reeds. And um, I hope that you're enjoying these. They're interesting. Some of them are not that great. Some of them are familiar stories that we've heard before. Um, obviously, some of them are not necessarily for the ears of little ones, but still interesting nonetheless, maybe for the ears of older ones. All right. Um, story time for today is done. I will be doing a live story time on Facebook Live and YouTube next Tuesday with a book by an author that was mailed in to me. Um, let's see if I can find that information so that I am quoting it correctly because my memory isn't always so good and I don't want to misquote the name of the author. Let's see. The story is called The Wish Carvers, and the author is Kathleen Gower, and the illustrator is Sari Richter, and it's the uh, synopsis for the story is when two little sibling elves, Faye and Eddie, come across an old carving knife with the words, What's carved with me will come to be on the handle. They decide to carve and paint a pot of gold, a large stone cottage, and finally a fairy tale castle. But with each wish granted comes more and more complications. Can they find a way to return to their peaceful life? Find out if this charming illustrated whimsical take that, that will delight young and old alike. You can buy a copy of The Wish Carvers at www.skippingstonepress.net and read it along with me. The event will be taking place on Tuesday, May 18th at 3 p.m. And that's uh, Pacific Coast time, um, California, of course. And I'm not sure what that is in your time. You will have to decipher that yourself because I'm sure that readers are... I'm listening in from different parts of the country and the world. Um, let's see, what else can I tell you? Kathleen is an author that lives in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And Sari Richter is an illustrator that lives in Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. And, or I guess she moved to Toronto, but she's originally from Ancaster. And this is a lovely book. I am super excited. The illustrations are absolutely beautiful. And the story is kind of a timeless tale of um, be careful what you wish for. So I hope that you will join me for the live story time. It'll be on Tea Fairy and Friends Storytime and Adventures, both the Facebook and uh, the Facebook page and the Facebook group. We'll also be recording it and loading it up to the Tea Fairy and Friends Storytime and Adventures YouTube channel. Um, 
I guess that's about it. You can find me in both of those locations. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm and there's an option there to become a supporter or a sponsor. Um, You can also leave me a message about the podcast there. If you are interested in sponsoring or um, just making a donation towards any of the story times that I do, um, please contact me at tfairystorytime at gmail.com and I will be glad to set you up with my podcast or my uh, PayPal or Venmo um, addresses where you can make a donation there. And as I said, eventually I do hope to start a Patreon account, but I'm not really sure. I need to look more into it and understand it better before I go and do that. So that's about it. I really hope that you guys have a lovely day. Go and enjoy the sun and join me for story time again tomorrow. Bye.